Welcome to episode 66 of Sound Out Wave, the first podcast to reach planet Earth from Cybertron. I'm Nell, and I'm great at Transformers. And I'm Greg, and I'm getting better at Transformers. And this week, we discuss Lost Light, issue 4. Each issue of Lost Light, we, we, we get on, and I think... Man, are we really going to have enough to, to do a, a whole episode for <laughs> like one issue? And then I read it and I go, how are yeah. we going to keep this under two hours? Right. Like, do we have enough time to cover this entire issue <laughs> before everybody gets tired of us? So this is part one of a 12-part series covering Lost Light issue four. Yes. Um, no, oh yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a heck of an issue here, everybody. It's a heck of an issue. It H really of an I, everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, we even... God, we start with this cover. We start with this cover. We see a lot of robots in the background there. What are they all looking at here? Uh, if you look closely, you can tell there is a robot here in the forefront, or a Cybertronian. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is standing on a pile of transformation cogs. That's a pretty cool image. It's very cool. It's um, it's our boy Rung. And we can tell yeah. it's alternate Rung because he's got the, the crackly face. He's he's a little rough. Yes. He's, he's our punk Rung. He's punk Rung. Uh, he's he's alt, he's alt like Rung. A, yeah. Um, and he's holding like a data pad. Looking so it looks like large and in charge. Yeah. Like he's very intensely like uh, doing his taxes. <laughs> uh, alt mode listeners will have already heard us freak out about how rad this cover is. Uh, yeah. As well as like the next six ones, I think. But yes, it's awesome. He looks cool. There's a whole revolution behind him saying like, yeah, let's, let's this is our rise guy. up, rise up. Yeah. Do not throw away your shots, alt-Cybertronians. Uh, and speaking of alt-Cybertronians, we start the issue here on Functionist Cybertron. We're right here. And if we will recall, because it's been a minute, uh, Luna 2 has just showed up. Because we yeah. left our Megatron Tourage in, or at least part of it, part of them are in, are on this alternate Cybertron, and they're in what they believed to be a protected city for, <laughs> uh, like, refugees. I do love the idea that, that James was looking at, like, okay, we have this alternate functionist universe, we have Rung's alt mode. Is that enough? Mm, I'm <laughs> going to bring a moon enough. back. Yeah. Uh, yes. Enough. Let's and of, never stop fucking around with Luna 2. Let's bring it on back. Uh, and we see Roller is saying, well, I mean, good isn't news. it good that the moon is back? Oh, Roller, you sweet baby child. Uh, no. But no, we remember, and this was stated by uh, the, the rogue functionist council member here. Uh, the, the Luna 2 was given to the Clicker. Black Box Consortia basically yes. as a gift, as uh, extortion material to keep away from cybertron right Uh, so so it being here is probably not great not a great thing because that i mean what you would immediately guess here is that the black box which of course i always have to like second like double check is a black block the bb box in this one it's black box consortia and it yes it suggests that oh they went back on their word and they're here and something's about to something bad's about to happen and, um, and as uh, Anode says, it looks like it's heading right for them. Right. And I was like, man, are they really going to crash this moon into this planet? We're uh, going full Majora's Mask in here. Dang, everyone. Um, but no, uh, Megatron is saying, hey, there's some more important stuff going on here. And right. uh, we are reminded here. Yes, that they were watching the televised broadcast of the functionist council being like we know what rung is for we've transformed him here he is and he and we we uh, it was very uncomfortable we talked about it last time of course and it was very creepy and he was like this huge tank with this like gigantic diamond-esque drill bit in the front of it um and megatron is kind of calling rod's attention back to it i do like that we see him shout for Rodimus off screen and rod's response is whenever you shout my name i expect to get shot (laughs) Which I love. I think it's very cute. Is he's like, oh god, I still think when he is very long war. <laughs> it, it'll be a minute um, before he's used to being like, oh no, that's my guy. That's my dude. Um, 
Well, and especially because we we understand that he's like stern Megatron right now. Yes, stuff he's happening. very serious. Look at that gorgeous Ooh, face there. God, he's he's great. Megatron always looking good. Um, but, but yes, yes, no, they lay out the the plan that we kind of already surmised or were told. Um, they're going to use Rung, who is a drill. Uh, mm-hmm. To drill through the wall of Anuntrium, which is blocking off Vector Sigma, which yes. was all explained last time. Go back and listen to it. We do a podcast where we cover these comics. You should hear it sometime. It's great. Go have a listen. Go have a I listen. I think you may like it. But yes, so they're just kind of a quick little catch up. And Ratchet, of course, well, in the, I'm glad we finally get some some further explanation here because of course when we see yes, when they show is... us what wrong turns into every it, it's horrifying he's humongous and ratchet does explain here he's like he's about to break like he is he's very he's under extreme duress here like it's he's probably in a huge amount of pain it's like the opposite of a like. load bearer situation instead of everything pressing down on him he's just expanded horrifyingly yes yes um, and yeah, this is this is exactly the stuff that we were idly like trying to figure out earlier. Right, and, you know, Megatron was... is saying, "Oh, he was forced mass displaced." Yes. So, and they they're explaining it to Rod, who, which fair enough, thank you, Rod. You're speaking for all of us. Um, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, they've they've made him get bigger against his will. Like it's because, of course, we know about mass displacement. We've seen a few uh, bots are capable of this. Megatron is capable of this. So, um, Rung is capable of this. They've made him do it they've made him get this size which probably isn't like super fun no it sounds like it sucks uh as ratchet says he must be in phenomenal pain yeah and um, megatron of course is like okay we gotta go get him right now we have this teleporter that clicker and our little team of rogues here used to take them back to the refugee city um so he's essentially saying we got to go to where the council is and go get Rung and save him. Uh, and as this is happening, Roller's like, hey, also, we do remember there's a moon and it is like glowing no, in one yeah. very large spot. When that tends to happen, it's not great for people who are not on the moon. Yeah, there's a thing happening. So there's, there's a bunch immediately happening all at once. So much yes. all at once. Keep up, everybody. If you need a podcast to keep track of it, we're here for you. We're here. And um, and so, yes, it's lighting up. It's very Death Star. And uh, and we have 9 of 12 here, who, of course, is our counselor. So he's one of the, the 12 Functionist counselors. And 9 of 12 is kind of the one who said, no, I go against. Right. He, he went against what the Formed rest of them wanted to do. Sanctuary City, all this stuff. Yes, and um, so when Minimus Ambus is wondering, on behalf of everyone, what is happening on Luna 2, his only response is something it was never supposed to do. Well, and, as mm. as I'm sure we all phrased it internally, Minimus Ambus does say, what the devil is it doing? <laughs> that because is... he's a billion. <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, he's an older gent. And he has uh, a mustache. Only people with mustaches are allowed to say, what the devil? He's also holding a monocle up to his eye. Uh, he's also Theodore Roosevelt. He's um, got a top hat on. <laughs> uh, okay, his so cane now... His has been just... Anyway, yeah. The good news is, now that we've laid all that out, we can really get into the action. We can really unravel all these pieces and see how they interact. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, no, we're going back <laughs> to the ship, and here's... Another whole series of events that's oh occurring. Oh my gosh. Just hold on, everybody. <laughs> Just hold on. We'll get through it. Just hold my hand. We're going to come out the other side here. So yeah, we hop back. And don't I'm not saying that to like act as though I'm complaining. <laughs> this is a great, great book. Oh God, it's, it's packed so dense with content. It's so dense. And... I mean, we'll get into it as we as we reach the moments in the book. My heart was being just yanked one way and then another throughout this entire issue. Um, so we do hop back over to the Necro World, where we will recall here, uh, World woke up Killmaster without yeah. finding out who it was before he, he was woke like, up "Hey, whoever's in here, wake he up!" Yes, like, oh, you're still doing the wand thing, huh? Yes, Killmaster is a wizard. He's a dark <sighs> wizard. He's already zapped Swerve and Ten. And they've disappeared. Yes, we're not super happy about that fact. No. Um, we figure they're fine, because naturally. Uh, I do love that uh, Cyclonus exposes himself as a Jerry Seinfeld fan by immediately saying, who is this? <laughs> he, 
he there you go. Now we know for sure. We always wondered. He, now we he know got for sure. into those those tapes that that Swerve had. He's, he did he's a real Seinfeld man. He is. When World comes to his door, he opens it and says Newman. Um, but uh, yeah. So and of course with Cyclonus, we'll remember he showed up, and half of him was just yeah. He was hell. kind of <laughs> he was he was shredded up pretty bad. Oh God, he was missing an arm. He's missing half of his face. So he's already in a terrible position, and now he's trying to help World. Defend against Killmaster, who is the size of like five of both of them. Yeah, he's 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 a hefty man. He's a real big guy. Um, um and he, so yeah, he's he's tossing Cyclonus around pretty good. Rolls laying out. This is this is Murder <laughs> King, aka Killmaster. Has a oh really good God. joke. He says, he says <laughs> I, was, "I don't know why he changed his name to Killmaster. He's not striking a blow against nominative determinism." But, <laughs> It's so good. As soon as he said his name was Murder King, I was like, are you amazing? Good. I'm so glad. Him, him, Killmaster, him, Murder King. Him, Murder King. Now we know who to crown. Um, And of course, yes, Cyclonus wants to know, what? Where's where's Swerve? What what happened? Yes. Then we're reminded he zapped them. Like the Scott Bayo movie. I don't even get that joke. I I some, there's a movie called Zapped, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it. So, <laughs> just just throwing it out there. I hope somebody listening is like, "Oh man, yeah." Oh. So I was like, so "Damn, that's a bomb Zapped reference." <laughs> and uh, now they know you're just a poser. I'm sorry. I'm not cool, everyone. <laughs> no, yes, Cyclonus is like, "Where are they?" And World is like, "Well, they got zapped." He's like, "That's not that's right, th- but, not okay, really even a, a verb." Yeah, what? Where did they go? What happened? Um, and so, World does explain. He's like, he's got this wand. It displaces objects. He thought it was only inanimate objects, but apparently, he he evolved. He he upgraded, and um, now he can displace people too. And it's funny because then Cyclonus responds by saying, "Excellent." And World's like, "Hey, I'm the sarcastic one. You don't <laughs> you don't do sarcasm. That's fine. And, Get your yeah, own. That's World's thing." Then Cyclonus, being a prince that he is, was like, uh, well, I'm all sorts of things. I'm never sarcastic. And you're like, ooh. He gives ooh him boy. the old Luke Skywalker special. Yeah. Uh, Chops lops, that arm right off. Lops that bad boy right off of there. Uh, and he's like, here, take it. And he's like, take what? I don't want an arm. Uh, but Whirl <laughs> realizes, oh, hey, this wand. Let's zap yeah. him. And he gets zapped. Yeah. Cyclonus tells him to zap him. And that was Whirl's favorite bit. He, it's a cute little moment because they, they have zap a very him. Yes. cute moment. <laughs> I was thrilled. I was like, "Oh, Craig's gonna enjoy this. This is Craig some good it. stuff." Guess between what? Little These flyers. two are still really cute. Because <laughs> um, yes, they do. They get they get Killmaster. He gets displaced. Um, and Cyclonus says, "Well, wherever he is, he's in the same place as Swerve and Ten now." So I mean. Yeah, we should probably figure out what to do yeah. there. Because <laughs> of course, where does do? this send people? And where Hull is like, uh, a lot know. of places, maybe. Yeah, uh, there are all sorts of possibilities here. I don't know. Why would I know that? Um, and of course, Cyclonus then is just so naturally. What do you do? You're going to take it to brainstorm. Um, Thank goodness somebody's here who might be able to help us. Yes. Good I, looking out, Cyclonus. And I, I just. I we don't have Did to go into it because though? it would take us all day. But boy, what great banter between them! Oh my um, god, it's so good. I know it's it's hard to skim over the parts <laughs> that you're like. I, I just want to do a read. Let's just each take a character. Yes, we'll just act just, it out. <laughs> we're going to do radio drama of Transformers now, but specifically um, Cyclonus and World scenes almost exclusively. Exclusively Cyclonus and World scenes, and also we're going to write some. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and we're all saying like, look, I'm not happy about this. You're not happy about this. But we do need to have a talk. Uh, yeah, he chokes a couple times. He can't. He can't quite say it, and then he finally manage. gets out. We got to talk. Um, and don't worry. We find out exactly what they're going to talk about right on this next page. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> we go back to Cybertron. Every and... some people leave leave books on cliffhangers. Every every scene is a cliffhanger up in every this scene, bad boy. Yeah. This is um, cliffhangers on cliffhangers on cliffhangers. Sir Clifton of Hangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we get Anode and Nine of Twelve saying, okay, so what's the deal with the moon? Right. This is the, the deal with the moon. 
Yeah. And so, of course, Anode is saying what I was initially thinking at first. She's like, is Black Box turning on us? Like, what's happening? And Nine of Twelve is like, nope. Uh, Turns out that it's still the council. Like, that's this is still the council in charge here. So this is not... And just a flashback for anybody who might not remember, in case we keep saying, like, Black Box Consortia, blah, blah, blah. They are kind of a counterpart to the Galactic Council, who we've seen... They're the, like, those um, reptilian-looking species who Rodimus just hates. And they have their huge ship. um, So the Council and uh, Black Block Consortia, however, whichever version of it, they're both very big forces. They're... And, and neither of them like Cybertronians. And they're incredibly powerful. We can see that on the moon, they put a giant decal that says V-Shoom. <laughs> they did. There is a V-Shoom decal on the moon, yes. Uh, but really, that is the... It turns out, 9 of 12 is telling us that the Council is still control of Luna 2 here. And it is a harvester unit. Yes. And it's going to... And they just V-Shoomed on the tractor beams... Which we all know what that means. If you've ever watched anything in sci-fi, it's gonna uh, it's gonna till our crops for us. That's what it's gonna do. Tractor beams. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to draw Get out, people Greg in. Greg is fired. <laughs> uh, yes, it's going to basically uh, do the whole flying saucer pulling up a cow thing. Yes. Uh, and nine of twelve is saying like. Megatron accuses him of like, okay, if you knew all this was going to happen, you probably should have told us. And Nine of Twelve says, I did not know this was going to happen. It's kind of bonkers insane. Uh, And he says, here's what's exactly what's going on. Allow me to fill you in. Right. Because he knew of this, but he didn't think it was actually going to happen. Yes. And so, again, going off this whole functionist idea, uh, everything has to have a purpose. Since Cybertron doesn't have tides, the functionist council says, well, what purpose is the moon for? The purpose is to have it recycle planets, which is to say steal all of their resources, and bring them back to Cybertron so we can be better. Which, yikes. Like, it's a... I I appreciate this so much because I'm like, yeah, like these, it just really, everything we learn about the Functionist Council gets just more and more like fucked up. And the fact that they were like, you know what's pointless? Our moon. Let's make sure we fix that. Like, let's, let's solve a, that issue. What a, what a neat concept too of this roaming, like resource yeah. harvester that just strip mines planets and then brings it back home which reminds me it's similar to and i don't i mean i would imagine it was at least part of inspired by this but uh unicron in the back in the 80s like in the 86 movie is when unicron is like a big thing but he's a huge transformer he's a planet-sized transformer that eats... sure i know of unicron okay i don't know so much of go. his deal though yeah, but he, he essentially, he eats other planets, but that's to just, that's just for him. But it's right. a similar like idea a here. Yeah. And so it's a similar idea here, only this version of it returns. It's for the benefit of Cybertron. Uh, there you go. I'll take it. Luna 2 <laughs> is going to be voiced by Orson Welles, everybody. Yes. Um, and you so, did. yes, he's saying, and Rod is like, hey, wait a minute, this thing can teleport things? Yeah. He's like, hold on, that's important. Check out this and, light bulb that just showed up over my head. <laughs> Bing! And immediately Megatron knows where he's going. Tells him to shush, shush, Rodimus, none of that. Um, and Rewind, of course, is putting <laughs> the other part together, which is, oh, God, this is why the council was fine with this so-called sanctuary city. It was so that all of these... Refugees. By, yeah, all, by their definition, all these useless robots would be in one place. When it came time to use this this moon that recycles things that aren't deemed necessary anymore, um, it's very macabre, very shocking. Rewind does look very cute right there. Oh, he looks so cute. He's very distressed. <laughs> which, like, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> he looks like the guy on the cover of Action Comics number one. Do you know? Oh who's yeah, the weird the little guy. panicky dude in the corner who's like, yeah. "Oh my god, that dude lifted up a car." <laughs> Um, that's rewind rewind that guy same person same guy everybody knows it (laughs) um and yes well nine of twelve is saying like well this is still a safe place because they need me they can't kill everyone because and rewind says oh that's right you're all combiners which oh yes i'm so excited to hear that um First of all, awesome. I'm, yeah, I want this. I'm, I'm happy about this. It's and gonna be cool looking, right? 
it's going to be amazing looking. Well, and and now we get another part of this whole thing because we know that the council is trying to get, they're using Rung to bore their way towards Vector Sigma. Mm -hmm. And the Nine of Twelve lets us all know their combined form is the key to Vector Sigma, which like I knew someone was going, I kept thinking Rung's alt mode was going to be the key to Vector Sigma. That was my like years long theory because just of how he looked, you know what I mean? When we were seeing his alt mode, it always looked like some sort of just long object or like a key or something like that. So I was like, does he unlock Vector Sigma? Um, Which should we take a mo and like talk about Vector Sigma? I would be so thankful because I was just, I was like, I don't want to sound stupid, but I guess that is my job on this show. What is a Vector Sigma? Okay, yeah, I figured this might be the case. No problem, everybody. We're going to uh, take a step back, put a little spotlight here on Vector Sigma. So um, as far as the IDW continuity is concerned, Vector Sigma was created by Primus in their, like, big battle. Like, they had the big fight, all the, like, gods mm. did. And uh, Primus himself, when he was dying, he merged himself with the core of Cybertron and reformatted himself into Vector Sigma, which sits at the core of Cybertron. And it's like the, you know, it's like this all-knowing, it's essentially their god, in a way. Um, It's a a form of Primus. Yes, it's a form of Primus. He's like this supercomputer, and it was their belief that he provided all of the spark energy that was creating their new life, and that he was providing the Energon was all coming from Vector Sigma. And and if we go all the way back to the very start of all of this, our show included, um, the death of Optimus Prime happened because of them unlocking, or not unlocking so much, uh, Galvatron was trying to merge the dead universe with Vector Sigma in the core of the planet, and Rodimus told Optimus that he could stop it by using the Matrix, which is what Optimus did, and that's why now the Matrix is broken and Cybertron reformatted itself, was because... It almost like rebooted Vector Sigma, so it's like this wow, powerful, yeah, like godlike computer essentially. And there's probably a better way to word that, um, but hopefully I, that. I can't believe I went about two years without ever realizing <laughs> well, what was really going on in Death of Optimus Prime. Well, and I think I think you. I mean, how could you? Like, when we first got sure. to Because I can sit here and tell you guys this is what happened. But until you get more <laughs> familiar with how things just work in the Transformers universe, it's hard to really grasp if I'm just going to spout a story at you that really means nothing at the time. Because you don't know any of these people. Um, why should any of this matter? <laughs> but but so that's... And, and of course, Vector Sigma has been just a, a being... In almost, I think, in all of the franchises or in all continuities of Transformers, um, and so that's kind of its role here. It's almost always though they're like a form of Primus, like you said, and so the key to it is also a thing that tends to show up in the continuities that where it becomes a plot point, um, and it's a means of exactly what it sounds like, just accessing the stores of infinite knowledge and power that is Vector Sigma. So that's, I mean, it's a big, obviously it's a very big deal. And that's why it was blocked off. They were trying to keep the council from getting to this all-powerful source of Cybertron itself. And now they can get there. But now we know 9 of 12 is telling us that he is essential to creating the key. Right. Which is a very big deal. So that's why it was, I did, I wanted, I didn't want to like, you know, like shove this info down everybody's throats, but I wanted to make sure it was... This is this has been Vector Sigma Corner. <laughs> Our recurring Hope you segment. Your stay. Checking in with Vector Sigma. How you doing, Vector Sigma? Rasterizing the vector with sound out wave. <laughs> so there you go. So it is it's a big deal. Um and so now that we know even if they get to it, they still need nine, at least. So a little uh, piece of info there that will probably be very important later. Even even reading this comic makes more sense now. I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad we do this show. I am too. Um, and so Rod is immediately like, yes, that's all fine. But what was this about teleporting again? <laughs> He's like, good, good, good. Vector Sigma keys, whatever. Mm-hmm. How do I mm-hmm. transport immediately back to my friends? What was that about? And Megatron, 
<laughs> of course, is just they have a little shouting match here. They're they're both <laughs> some some tensions are heightened here, and um, yeah, I mean, Rod of initially, of course, is being a little bit of a petulant child, like he's wont to do, especially when it comes to Megatron and Magnus, um, but. Megatron is essentially accusing him of saying, like, of wanting to just up and leave the first chance he gets and get back to, um, go grab the rest of the Megatron Tourage and get back to the Lost Light and take it back from Getaway and the Mutineers is where Megatron's like, you are being so selfish right now that that's what you want to do when an entire planet is at stake here. Uh, yeah, they, they sort of have it out. And he's saying, like, you have this dumb obsession with chasing down the lost light, which everyone thinks is stupid, by the way, because uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist or chasing down um, the lost light as well as the Knights of Cybertron, because they don't exist. And you're ridiculous. And Rod is saying, okay, obviously you're trying to avoid that because a one of us is going to face a court from the Knights of Cybertron. Right. So this so, is going yeah. way back to Dark Cybertron and the whole reason Megatron is here to begin with. Yeah. And we did, like, so both of them are making good points here. Like, it's 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 a rough little scene here because, yeah, like, Rod is essentially saying Megatron wants to stay and help. Megatron's doing anything he can to, uh, to kind of halt their progress in finding the Knights so that he does not have to face his trial. Um, and I want to say it was nice to sort of see that brought up because it hasn't really even been mentioned since Dark Cybertron, like since has. Megatron got on the ship. The fact that, like, by the way, we're going to look for the Knights of Cybertron who are going to probably put you to a million death penalties. It, it has shown up. It doesn't show up often, but it has right. before because Megatron specifically did even talk to Ravage and at one point told sure, him, yes. I am in no rush to get out of here. I will cruise around on the ship as long as I need to. But then since then, we have seen a shift in him in that. And like, and that brings us to this point where, I mean, God, and we get a really good moment about it later, but like, it does, I mean, the the two of these, like these two having it out, it is like how, how much truth is there to the thing that either one of them is accusing of the other. Exactly. And you know, there's at least a little bit, if not a huge amount, there's at least something there. Um, I do want to say one thing we're skipping over here. Rod says, of course, you don't care about getting back to Necro World. All you care about is delaying your and he can't remember a word. It's and he so... says, I forgot the word. I'm too head up. And immediately I said out loud reading this. Oh, Rod, you've never been head in your life. <laughs> that is also true. That is true. Oh, Roddy, you're adorable. Um, it is a really good moment. Again, the banter's just so good all over the place here um and so of course yeah they're just they're right in each other's faces accusing each other of these things and you know megatron's trying to insist no he he cares he cares about saving these people here that's why he wants to stay um rod then turns it immediately around is like remember all those billions of people that you killed remember how that's a thing and at this point magnus minimus steps in and is like Okay, both of you knock it off. Like, he's he's had it. There are pressing matters. There are immediate-term things that must be addressed. Yeah, why don't you both stop it? Um, And luckily, he's here to, first of all, yeah, calm down both his his wife and child and also be like, okay, clearly all this stuff happened for a reason. Like, none of this happened coincidentally. Um, He pulls out the the Glenn Beck whiteboard here. (laughs) Yeah. He's but like, yeah, he... let's 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 draw three big circles. We have <laughs> Rung's alt mode, Luna two, break into the primal chamber. This has been orchestrated. This and Megatron's like, thank you, dear. That's exactly what I was trying to say <laughs> before somebody interrupted me. Um, but and so he wants to shake that up and be like, okay, but if we go kidnap Rung slash rescue Rung, that's going to kind of put a dent in that plan. And uh... Which, at this point, Rod is like, okay, fine, fine. I'm going to go get rung. Megatron, you find a way without damaging that teleporter (laughs) on the moon. Try to find a way to shut that down. Um, And yeah, he he reiterates, as soon as we finish this, we're out. 
Which um, I know we know has to be true because we've only got two issues after this. That is true. Of this set of this, this story, this arc. This arc. Yeah. Um, and then we, so it is nice to actually go somewhere after all of this sort of high octane arguing. We have yes. sort of a more intimate this is character a nice, moment here. Yeah. Um, we segue to the Necro World. And oh my god, cute. What a great alt mode. And it's like a little biplane. It's like it just a bit. She looks like Tails' plane from Sonic the oh Hedgehog. God, she, that's it. That's what she turns into. I love, I love it. it. It's very cute. And she's going to find Lug. Because as we will remember with these two in particular, uh, we kind of had a um, a like some story development on what Anode's previous job was. We learned she was a blacksmith. We learned that she was a part of this very prestigious like academy and she ended up running away but making herself out to be a villain before she ran away. Right. And was she... essentially saying she something made her leave. And Lug thought that she had left for her. And then it was revealed that she did not Right. She did not leave for Lug, which is very sad. It is sad. Um, so she's caught up with Lug because, of course, she she understandably was very upset and ran away. And she's uh, come back to this uh, the wall of the, the, the memorial. And Lug says as much that, like, I felt really guilty because I thought you left because of me. Yeah. And you let me believe that. Yeah. Like, she and, and Anode starts to, and she does tell her, she's like, I did miss you. Like, in telling Lug that she was certainly a part of the reason why Anode left, um, but that she told her all of this not realizing that Anode was going to, or that Lug was going to feel guilty about it. Um, and she starts, she's about to say, I thought you'd be flattered. And luckily Lug <laughs> shuts that shit down and was like, do not even say it, or I'm never speaking to you again. Because no, babe, <laughs> that would not be a flattering thing. Of course, Lug would have felt very bad about it. Um but then we get a little bit more story from Anode here. We learn that it wasn't... We learn now the reason why. Because we knew she did that something happened that made her run. And she made it look like she, like, stole from them and so that they would right. hate her. And uh, and she she's sort of picking at one of these flowers here. I don't know if she knows what those are. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> but she lays out, hey, uh, I killed somebody. And yeah. she tells the story that they basically came to her because there was a protoform that was stuck in a stage and they believed that she, with her incredible skill, was the only one who would be able to help it develop. Or um, even just like giving her a shot at it. Because it's right. almost like she was she was apprenticing because she yes. was she had the skills to be a blacksmith. And she talked a really good game. So it was like, oh, here's this this baby that needs help finding its form. You do it. Uh, and she she says that like she had just been posing this whole time that that she was saying she was better than she was she was putting everyone else down and when actually confronted she couldn't say no because of that right so even though they handed her this this monumental task because yeah it is it's basically a Cybertronian baby um, that she or what have you um, that she she couldn't turn around and be like oh. I don't have the skills to do this because, oh, this whole time she's been acting like she does. So right. she winged it. She went with it and it didn't work. She failed. So she she obviously, of course, blames herself for losing this sparkling. Uh, and she says that everyone was all very, you know, that there's nothing that could have happened. These, you know, this happened. Yeah, like they were, yeah, they were all very understanding. Nobody blamed her. Uh, and so she felt like she couldn't stay and she can't quit because that would be a, a shameful act. So she orchestrated this robbery to sort of make everyone dislike her before she left. Yes. And she came back to Lug and Lug says, I think what you really had was a tremendous amount of guilt and nobody berating you was too much for you to handle. So you made everybody hate you. Right. Because, yeah, like the robbery, she says, was part of to be like, oh, they'll think that I left because I robbed the place and took off. Right. But really, and we know that she didn't. She just made it look like it. And so, yes, Lug is saying it was part so you could leave, but also part so that you would feel better that people didn't like you now because you felt you deserved blame for what you did. Um, Which is 
I mean, it, it's a heavy little moment that we have here between these two, these two really good friends. Um, but it's, and of course, then Anode is apologizing and, uh, I feel so bad for her in this moment. And I, like, I feel her in this moment. I'm like, yeah, I feel like sometimes you just are like, here's just a huge apology for all the dumb things I feel like I do. I'm sorry. Um, are we good? And she doesn't uh, give an answer. Lug is gone. Lug is a swift little bot. She got she, Batmaned. She totally got Batman. She looked up. Her friend who was sitting, her friend, I'm sorry. Her, obviously they're <laughs> closer than that. Um, but her friend who was sitting next to her is suddenly gone, which I was like, oh, shit, she's really fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, like, Anode could look up and not even realize that she was already gone. Um, but I feel like there has to be more here, obviously, because Anode looking up and being like, can you forgive me? And yeah. then she's just kind of like, oh, I guess not, because you're gone immediately. I'm confident we'll get something going on. I feel here. like Lug is, like, up to something all I'll, of a sudden. I will tell you this. Uh, we have known about anode and lug for four issues how nice is it to get like answers to something this quick oh my like, god so nice instead of having to agonize for whatever <laughs> we'd be like what's the mystery behind anode oh it's this perfect thank you nice thanks yeah i appreciate that i do i do it is nice because even like last issue when we realized oh there's something that happened at the lighthouse it's like oh that's what it was. Yes, yeah, so this Rough. is what happened at the lighthouse now we know yeah. now we can explore the delicious character drama Yes. So, and we know we're going to get more of that. And we don't even hop back to Cybertron after this. We hop to a different part of Necroworld where we are having that talk. And you guys, it's about to get heavy in here. Um, it's about to now, get heavy. Uh, it really yeah. is. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's we go back to Whirl and Cyclonus. And because naturally, like we said, Cyclonus showed up to, because Swerve, Whirl was like, he told Swerve to call Cyclonus, get him over here. Cyclonus showed up, a mess. He's just, he's wrecked. Like, half of him is just really messed up. And, um, and Whirls, that's what he wants to talk about. He's like, right. he's what saying, happened? Something happened, and I need to know to either avoid it or, like, thank it. Uh, right. Because he's like, somebody messed you up, and I need to know. Right. And, of course, yeah, he says, who do I thank or who do I stay away from? And Cyclonus blames it on the two Cybertr or the two Decepticons. Yeah. Fangry was one of them. Is that right? I think so. I forget the other one. I, I saw. I was at a store and I saw a Fangry, which is why I remember. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I saw look at you! Um, yeah, I do think Fangry was one of them. Oh, Greg, always getting better at Transformers. That's me, getting better every day. Uh, <laughs> and Whirl is saying like, hey. Nuh-uh, you're too good and strong. I he's, fought with you before. He gets right up on him. It's a really cute move. He puts an armor on Cyclonus. He's like, uh-uh, you are lying to my face. You could have fought off 50 Decepticons. Uh, um, and then he starts putting it together, and it gets really sad here all of a sudden, you guys. Because um, then Whirl, just because he's just talking, 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 because it's Whirl, and I feel him on that front, too. But um, he's saying... The last time you looked this bad was when, and we'll all remember this, in that very uh, emotional uh, issue where he and Tailgate tried to run and he was like just lit up by and essentially the- got shredded. Yeah, by like the security on Lost Light. And that makes World suddenly realize something and he asks where Tailgate is. Uh, what- Two phenomenal panels of oh god, they're so good of this like realization, this dawning on on world, <laughs> um, that little squinty, <laughs> full optic and then tiny squinty accus accusatorial optic. Yeah, and he full on is squinting at yeah at Cyclonus, being like, "Where is he?" Because he's put it together, he's put something together here, and it's really and like and it's gonna like I don't know, I feel like this is only difficult to discuss in a format like this because there's uh, and I'm, I'm terrible with words too so it's i feel like there's so much here that like it's a very delicate topic sure. to begin with because obviously like what they're getting at here and anybody who's read it already knows what they're getting at here because world straight up says did tailgate do this to you and uh. cyclonus doesn't answer right away but then yeah he did not on purpose but he did and uh, it's really 
Right. Cyclonus lays out that he has essentially... He has fits, is what he calls them. Yes, he fits when he's offline. And we know the tailgate has this incredible strength, so... Oh, yeah, he's a beast now. Um... So Cyclonus blames himself, saying if he's not there to restrain him and stuff like this happens. uh, Well, he's saying that the reason this happens is because Cyclonus tries... Cyclonus restrains him when he's having his fits, and this is what happens to him. Because and if, but at least he's there to stop him. Is right. essentially what if, he's getting at. If because he did if he not, didn't, then the ship would have holes in it. Yeah, like somebody else would get hurt, or tailgate would get hurt, and and God, it's it's really really heavy. I can't tell you how much my heart just like sank. Like I just felt awful reading this part. It really really is upsetting. Um, but and world wants him to tell tailgate that like this is a thing that's happening. Um, and of course, Cyclonus is this person that we know he is. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to tell him. You're not going to tell him. And this conversation never happened. And uh, oh, it's it's really rough. And it hurts my heart. And Whirl says, you've got to tell him before he kills you. Like, right. Which, which is, is just... a valid concern. It, right. Because it's not. I mean, look at him. He, oh, God. It's really like, uh, it, yeah, it's like making my my tummy hurt even talking about it it's Uh, very yeah i laugh because i'm upset um let's let's cleanse our palates with the drift beating up judge dread oh okay we're gonna yeah well of course there's way more in all of that but yes we go back (laughs) there's a good chunk of book left don't you worry oh yeah don't worry um but this is a nice little palate cleanser because yes drift is taking out a dreadbot and, um, yeah, he's finished off the guards. He's like, okay, we got them all. If the cog is watching, because, of course, it's floating ominously, he's saying, if they saw that, they're going to send more. And um, it's really great all of a sudden, because then Rod's <laughs> like, good job. And Drift goes, you weren't even looking. <laughs> Which I love that, like, this is a big enough deal to both of them that Rod legitimately feels the need to apologize for not watching Drift beat people <laughs> up. Because then he's like, I'm sorry. I'm, it's I'm for real, quicker. like my favorite thing. I just had Oh work. my god. It's <laughs> like, Drift, babe, you know I think you're wonderful. And I'm sure you just kicked ass there. But I just, we gotta do this thing right now. I'll watch you beat people up later. I promise I'll be at your next recital. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll watch. Um... But so, yes, yeah, so he and Clicker, who, of course, is so cute and little, they're little, working little on... Little Mac tonight. Little Mac tonight. Uh, they are trying to... Um, uh, I almost said Mac. Uh, Clicker <laughs> explains that the council have installed two matter transporters, the one that they have and the one at the end, other end of the tunnel. So they have arrived at where the council was, and this should take them to where they have gone with Rung, and that they just jumped within this past hour. So uh, here we go. We're yeah, going to hop after him. Let's teleport because that worked so well last time. It worked so well. And there's a little moment here that's so cute. Uh, they all teleport and then they're <laughs> leaving the, 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 what would you call that? The like platform, the platform that they're on and uh, Crumb Dumb's holding Rewind's hand and helping him down. And I right. like it a whole lot. <laughs> it's very, very, very cute. It's... it's excessively cute. I love it. Um, and we we see that there is a giant hole through the chamber. Um, yes, through so this wall. That they that's not in. good. No, it's real bad. And they're like, okay, well, we're too late. Uh, which, for what it's worth, uh, I'm so glad Chrome Dome is here. Like, he hasn't really, like, a lot yeah. of these bots haven't, like, contributed much. I mean, much Rewind's had, like, his, his exposition moments. Yeah. But, like, I just like that Chrome Dome's here. Also, just, look at him. He looks real good. He's got and like he that just, fucking male model, like yeah, half lean like, back there, like yeah. a super Hips broad forward. chest. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks real good. And yes, I just I feel comforted just having him <laughs> here. I'm like, oh, Chrome Dumb. I'm glad you're like all of our husband, Chrome Dumb. I appreciate you. He can take you. care of things. He yeah. I just feel better that he's here. Um, but so they land. And Clicker's like, oh, God, what do we do? Do we attack? What? And Rod's like, no, shut up. Everybody shut up. Tip-toe Go into tiptoe mode. mode. <laughs> Which is adorable and totally something Rodimus would, of course, say. It's um, extremely cute. Um, <laughs> and Rewind's saying, like, wait a minute. If they already drilled through, how come Rung is still right there? Yeah, he's just sitting there facing a different wall. What? 
uh, which is weird. It uh, is weird. We cut hmm. back very quickly to Luna 2 just Tractor sucking beam. up dudes in a double helix like a, pattern here. Yeah. Oh, no. There they go. Save there. them. And <laughs> help them out. And fortunately, we have someone who is trying to help them out. We're trying. We're trying. Nine is like, I can't. I can't do this. And Megatron's like, hey, focus up. We got to do Yeah, those something. dudes are getting turned into raw material right now. Yeah, we got to help them. Um, so, of course, Megatron, this is what he does. He, we've already seen him, like, excel at this when they were back on backfighting the DJD and um, all the, the frat boys. And Megatron's like, okay, get... You tell your flight capable bots to go up and start attacking the 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 tractor beams. Like go go hit the beams. We're gonna shut it down by force. And Nine's like nobody has guns. <laughs> like we don't we don't have any of that. This is like, these are just people. Are just it's dudes. not an army. Yeah, nobody out there has that. Um, and Megatron's like, do any like is there any is there any sort of weaponry here at all? Um, apparently they have proton cannons. Surface to air missile launchers. He lists off a number of things like no this, no that, no this. Nope, those things don't really exist here. So they're gonna do the best with what they've got. And so immediately, yeah, he's doling out orders. He's saying, and I, I, I had a little moment here because he says, position the proton cannons here, here, and here. Keep the launchers mobile. Fire, move, reload. And I'm like, I bet Megatron's a Farah main. Because <laughs> that's exactly how you play her very well. Yeah, I, I he'd be real good with her. I love it. I had not even <laughs> considered. It's beautiful. Um, it's a good. It's a good tactic. Um, and he's and so he's then, absolutely yeah. directing, saying like, get everyone underground. And he's saying, well, it's useless to put people underground. This thing can suck at the core of the earth. And he's saying, well, then get everyone in different directions so it can't suck them all up at once. Yeah, and scatter. that's the end of the page. Probably just move on right past that. <laughs> Uh, That's it. Next here. I didn't low-key want to start screaming at the next three (laughs) panels that happen at all. Oh, you guys. I hope everybody's looking at this book right now as we're talking about it. Because then it's the best three panels ever. It's all you. Lay them in. uh, He's just... Megatron's like, okay, he's kind of... You can tell like he's just been hot as hell, doling out orders. He knows what to do. And we have Minimus just looking at him. And then Minimus... And he's got, just got his arm crossed, almost like he's, like, studying him. And then he says, I don't think you're trying to avoid your trial. And then Megatron <laughs> just, like, barely smiles at him. And I am so in love with this moment. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm so glad it's here. My note here just says, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and mind you all, that's a written out, oh, my God. Not my usual OMG. I wrote it out because it's a very important moment. And I love it so much. I had to tweet about it. I love uh, it. It's so good. My note here says, bring a book, because you're probably just going to be able to chill while <laughs> Nell goes over this part here. I'm like, all right, everybody, listen up. And <laughs> I like, bring theory. out. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah. No, it's it really, absolutely really is. It's very, very cute. It's really, really cute. And it just, I mean, not that we like haven't already gotten all of this, because like, there's a reason a number of, there are tens of us who love this pairing. And um Well there's there's I mean, very clearly a relationship between these two, whether you want to yes. call it romantic or not, that is just really there's compelling. Affection. And it's really like yeah. in, I think that James probably really likes writing these two because I, they're yeah. very detail oriented leaders who very much deal with things in the heat of the moment and keep a calm head and they really admire that about each other yes absolutely absolutely and that like even initially even before he was you know adding all these wonderful lovely even the teensiest little moments between the two of them when i first was like making it up like initially i was like like there hit a moment something happened in these (laughs) books very early on with megatron coming aboard and i was like talking to meg uh and i was like what if these two? And she was like, no. And I was like, yeah, come on. What if? Um, and then more and more. And But that was always part of my thinking. Like, they would get along, though. Like, if they were given the chance. And especially, you know what I mean? Like, under different circumstances. Like, if things had been different. And I think, obviously, you can say that about a number of characters in these books. Um, but, yeah, I was always like, I feel like they would get along. For those reasons, you just you know, that you just said. So I think, and that's the impression that now we get is that I think you're totally right. And it does feel like he, 
enjoys writing them. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's a nice it's little these, addition here. I mean, it's 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 from from a writer's perspective, it's too enticing to not do something with these like two stuffy old guys who <laughs> were on different sides just, of the war and now have like no idea how to display affection for each other, even though it's clear what they're feeling. Oh my god, be still my heart. I love it so much. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. It's beautiful, and I appreciate every single like little beat we get of it. So it's a really, really great moment. Um, and I'm I'm glad it's here, and I'm super glad we got to talk about it. And it made me feel much better after things that happened earlier in this book. <laughs> um, so it's just yeah, it's very, very sweet. That look that Megatron gives him is very appreciative so also and big up to jack there the other thing the other thing i want to say like yeah it's literally just a sixth of a page but in a book this densely packed it's such like a conspicuous thing to put in it's a really i love it yes yeah it's a really good beat like these moments are done very very well um again this one even reading it was like oh my gosh i'm just being lurched in every which way as far as my emotions go um so that was a good one that was a good moment um and so then still on cybertron yes okay that's where we are like oh where are we even um they were back with rung and we learn so parts of him aren't even real here. Right. We learned that the treads on the bottom, because again, he's a huge tank. And this was treads... another thing that was postulated as our parts of the hollow matter. Right. Like, how much of this is him? What's the deal with that giant rock in the front? Um, so at least we know the treads, Drift lets us know they are hollow matter. Um, but the drill bit is not. Drill bit's and all wrong. It's, <laughs> it's all totally legit. Um Another cute moment with our precious uh, weapons. How, so how adorable is it that Clicker is just like, oh my god, this is, it's the useless oh one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's such a fanboy. It's adorable. He's like, oh my god, Ronimus, look, it's him. It's, he's useless. He's wonderful. And Rod's like, uh-huh, great. It's wrong. Who cares? And um, again, like this is just another thing that like, I can tell you from having read how books like this are made, page space is at such a premium and stuff like this would be so easy to cut, but it's totally like what makes these books these books yeah yeah uh so having that there is very very nice it's um, yeah it's very very appreciated rob also got that like hips forward like, you know what bravo thank you jack i appreciate it <laughs> everybody looks like real nice male models here that, that um, standing strut uh, yeah i'm into it it's a good look um but so they're kind of climbing on rung they're kind of all over him trying to figure out like Ratchet's trying to find his uh, neural cluster, and Rod's kind of giving him shit, of course, because it's Rodimus. What do you think is going to happen? And um, Drift is trying to be helpful. It's like, why don't you just look for his transformation cog? And you know, uh, Ratchet is just like, we've all been here. We're we're like, we're doing our (laughs) thing. We know what we are doing. And like five different people are like, but what if you tried this instead? And you're like, do do you want to come over here and do this? Do you want to pretend you have any clue of what you are doing when it comes to this? Not only that, but it reminds me of like the wheeljack moments where he's like, look, I can do this because I'm incredible, but you need to recognize how impossible this thing is. And yes. you should all be very impressed that I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Like I make this look like you all think this right. is only going to take me 30 minutes because I've given you that impression because I'm so good at what I do. It's absolutely that. And I love that you brought up Wheeljack specifically, <laughs> not just because he's Wheeljack and he's perfect and I love him, but also because Wheeljack and Ratchet throughout the entire franchise have a long history of working together and some people like them together and it's so i like that it's like no you're totally right you're on point both of these two they are have very that very good common, at what they do is that they're yes. so skilled that people just make assumptions yes absolutely very good looking out um but yeah so Roger's like i'm working on it and he's uh, also saying like if he can like, this is the reason he can't speak. This is the reason he's stuck here. He's been Right, inhibited. the reason that he's stuck big. Uh, mm-hmm. If I can so lock he... down this one thing, we solve all the problems. Yes. Like, he's... Yes. This <laughs> and Rod is together. like, well, chop, chop. Well, come on, man. If you don't get him smaller, we can't transpo him. Which, really? Really, Rodimus? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for bringing this up to speak. Thanks for there. your contribution. We appreciate you, Rodimus. Um, but... As he's trying to say this, 
here comes six of 12. Uh, but Rod, of course, is like, I don't know which one you are. Are you just Matrix Head? Is that what? <laughs> hey, what's up? And he comes like hovering through this like huge borehole that they've made. Um, and yeah, he comes floating through with his cape as he does. And, and um, he looks very like uh, 90s Magneto, except oh, that he has like a beanie on. It looks like he's wearing a hat. Yeah, we know it's like a cog right. thing on top, but it totally looks it's yeah. just like he's he he looks rad he's absolutely doing the floating like flying cape thing behind but him. he looks like he's magneto gonna go hang out with like fat albert right exactly you nailed it <laughs> um which i mean great i want to see that um but yes so he of course comes floating in and he's like go ahead and take wrong if you want he can't hide we I have a monologue to, to do. Yes, yeah. he says we can track him now that he's whatever, whatever, which is interesting. Marat is like, yeah, we don't care. Uh, right. As soon as he starts being like, <laughs> trying to like get it all like, ooh, villain monologue, Rod just starts talking over him. <laughs> like usually when I say Rod says, oh, we don't care, that's me summarizing. But he's actually saying like, no, listen to me. None of us care about what you are saying right, right now. I'm just going to talk over you because I do not respect your authority. I do not respect you as a bot. I don't care. Uh, everybody wants you to shut up. And now I'm going to leap on you. He's intentionally he annoying this guy. Yes he, yes. he leaps on him and punches him back into that hole. And Clicker is like, oh, my God. That guy's dumb. Why did he do that? We're all like, going to nah, die. He's great. Uh, yeah. And Drift is like, he just does this. He's And, yeah, he's like, this is just what he does. And luckily, now Ratchet has a little more time to try to get uh, Rung sorted out here. But Chrome Dome is also like, also, though, uh, there are 11 counselors in there. We might want to go do something. So, of course, they're all running into action. And Drift's like, nah, nah. You you heard the mouth on that guy. He'll be fine. <laughs> he can He's talk so his way out of anything. Um, uh oh. This is this is very sweet because we see some some of Ratchet's bedside manner here, and he says, uh, "Rung, if you can hear me, I'm about to like undo all of this, and it's gonna <laughs> suck. So be careful." Aw. Uh, and he wrong. he deactivates this inhibitor thing. The big old chunk of whatever that is pops off and cracks. It cracks, which I feel like is going to be very important. Because yeah, that definitely matters in some yes. capacity. Like the whole tip of it just snaps off. We see his, because yeah, his his treads, of course, disappear. And he, yeah, that snaps out. And oh, yay. We get the, wrong. the trademark <laughs> chi-choo-choo-chi. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Rung pops back into being Rung and immediately snaps into action. Do exactly uh, as I say. Punk Rung is everything. <laughs> he is a, on it. What a rad dude. It's very, very rad. And yeah, grabbed Ratchet, let him know. And by the way, when uh, Chrome Dome and uh, Drift and Rewind all rushed in after Rodimus, something happened in that room. Something was going on that they were like, oh. Yes. So... We have those three. Everybody. Yes, that one actually is. Yeah, so those four have kind of now. Those four plus Clicker are now involved in something, dealing with the counselors, whatever was on the other side. You would think Vector Sigma, but who knows? Who knows what's going on in there? And now we have yes, Ratchet and Rung out here, and Rung is about to tell us exactly He's what about to, to do. lead his people. That's right. You have to carry on. Um. So there you go. Cliffhanger there. And now we go back to Necroworld and Tailgate sleeping. Oh, what a charming oh, no. prince. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and uh, he's waking up and somebody's in the room. Oh, is it Cyclonus? So I want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, tail so Tailgate wakes up and there's a shadowy figure and Tailgate says Cyclonus. And World's response is close. Uh, that, that seems conspicuous to me. Yeah? Yeah. Does I mean obviously I like Whirl and Cyclonus together a lot. Of course, yeah. But this is making me wonder a lot about how Whirl feels about Cyclonus. Like, well, yes, okay. Does um, what does he think that they have in common? Like, sure. how does Whirl feel about himself? How does Whirl feel about Cyclonus? Well, these sorts of things. Well, and this is exactly what. You, you've just opened the door to exactly what I feel like these next, or these three bottom panels, I feel like there are a ton of, like, there's a ton of 
potential meaning here. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this. And I, this is something that I really do not know if we discuss now or if we wait for alt mode, because it is just <laughs> going to be a lot of speculation. Um, and it's also going to be a lot of shipping talk, which is also a huge part oh, of alt mode. Yes, um, it really is. But so suffice it to say, to at least give an idea here, because um, yeah, he says close when Tailgate asks if it's Cyclone is sitting at the edge of his bed here. Um, so of course, Tailgate is about to get up and... World tells him not to leave. He's going to tell him a story first. And that it's a love story. And Tailgate asks if it has a happy ending. And World's very <laughs> haunting response is that they never do. Uh, what, a, what a precious child Tailgate is. Oh <laughs> his, immediate, yeah. his immediate response is, does it have a happy ending? Oh, Tailgate. Oh, Tailgate. I um, asked for a twisty straw. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Oh, God, I do. I love him. I I gotta say, I'll say at least this much. I do feel like there's a bunch that can be potentially, I mean, at least a lot that can be discussed in these last couple of yes, um, days. And there's... we will get into that, I think, later, just because it's it's going to, yeah, just be a lot of speculation. Um, but I will say, honestly, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm, my heart, I can't help it. I'm like, moved back from tailgate a little bit now oh for sure he's been a huge douchebag for the past what four he, issues yeah, well yeah and especially now it's it's been right like i feel like it's built up enough that you're like god tailgate what is going on and then when we realize like when we learn what we learn in this one regarding cyclonus it yeah it's like this huge yes this is very clearly an <laughs> allegory betrayal yeah um and it there's there's a whole lot going on here and assuredly we will get to it uh in lost light five um as it and stands i think like you're right lucky. that all we can do is uh speculate because right because there's a lot there the fact that that's he wants to tell him a love story the fact that two world love stories never have happy endings um which yeah we will continue discussing in a moment here um well i mean i don't i don't want to short people out or anything i don't I, either i i, I we can we can we can dig into it i think on some level uh my immediate thought is oh is whirl about to confess to tailgate his feelings for cyclonus but that might be a little ridiculous i don't know well, whatever no i'm glad well and see this is exactly where because yeah my mind went into a couple different possibilities here just because yeah it's a very loaded thing to say yes. between these characters in particular um which is why we'll, we'll expand upon it in alt mode. But I, I'm with you because I feel like very much in the same way that obviously Megatron and Minimus have something I f in, a, in a potentially the same, but in its own way, Cyclonus and Whirl have something. Yeah. Even if it's just one sided, because we know like you cannot get to this point and be like, Whirl doesn't care about Cyclonus at all. That would be a lie. We all know that that is well, sure, not yeah. Even even case. outside the context of you know ships or romance, yeah, or anything no, like that, absolutely. The, there's these dynamics are very much at play, and yes. Whirl cares at least enough for Cyclonus that he does. He sat him down and said, "Hey, you're shredded to shit. What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, and like, this is. Prior, yeah. I mean, what the the way that I think is probably the the primary interpretation of this is Whirl saying to Tailgate, "Hey." If you ever do anything to him, I will not hesitate to destroy you. Which is right. Like, that's what it feels like it's about to, yeah, about to get into. It, it's, I don't know, because it is scary and it is uh, just unsettling and just kind of like, oh, gosh, what are we about to get into? Because also, like, that's just the big thing to take away here, too, and to kind of worry about is the way world handles things is not always the best way to handle things that like most people would not handle things the way that world thinks to handle things um he tends to have a more violent and permanent approach to things he's kind of like a it's this or that kind of attitude well yeah him. Uh, he's, so he's I, definitely which, that way of approaching stuff right so i don't think i don't think he's going to do anything to tailgate but yes there's certainly a lot here that is worrisome yeah, I, I think I what we can go on right now is that Whirl is very concerned about someone that he cares very strongly about and yes. is confronting somebody who, uh, willingly or not, hurt someone he cares about very much. 
Yes. Um, yes. So that is, I think, where we will pick up in a month. <laughs> I know. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. Uh, yeah. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, next week, we have Till All Are One, seven and eight. I'm very excited about it. Hell yeah. Uh, it's, I'm very, very excited about it. We all love Windblade very, very much and all the stuff that's very happening much. right there. It'll be yes. fun to finally see what is going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to thank all of our good, good friends and family at McAdams and on the Lost Light. Make sure you keep that place clean while it's it's being whatever's going on there. Who knows? <laughs> um, Ron's about to come home any minute, you guys. He's going to be here any minute. You know what? I would speculate that it is probably being taken care of pretty well under under the mutineers just saying <laughs> getaway doesn't seem like he, he you're right any. it's probably yes. a much nicer place <laughs> it's you guys tell us you're the one who are the you're the ones who you're are the there ones now. there uh david cabrera jay riley samuel jacques jacob stevens the fifth virtuoso kyle schaefer biddy bot jazz and elizabeth jackalope thank you guys so much for kicking in uh thank and you. to all of our patrons we love you dearly so um, much so, and so, so listening. Much. Anybody you. listening, you're all the best. Um, <laughs> you're you're our dear friends, and you are invited to our birthday party. Hell yeah! Uh, and I think that's gonna wrap it up this week. That'll do it. Transformonauts, uh, we need to talk, but don't worry. <laughs> it's just to decide what toppings you want on pizza. Transformonauts, I'm gonna tell you a love story. And it's called The Princess Bride. Transformers, I'm going to tell you a love story. It's got a happy ending. Here it is. I love you.